praise the Lord, saints. Good morning. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Good morning. Hallelujah. Come on, we can all please stand our feet as we go into a place of prayer this morning. Hallelujah. Before the Lord. As we prepare, hallelujah, this territory. Hallelujah. For the outpouring, hallelujah, of his presence, his spirit, of his word. Hallelujah. Um, this morning, if you weren't here for the, the 930, please pass the word, the 930 service. Um, definitely for those saints that work or have an evening where they work or they work a late night shift and get off early, please let them know that there is a service at 9.30 so, uh, for our early morning service. But uh, this morning, Pastor was talking, and as he was speaking, some things hit me, and, and, um, and, 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 it, and it brought this to life for me. So um, as he talked this morning about when we humble ourselves, the word in James 5 says, confess our faults one to another, or our sins. Because what we want to do is we want to pray for one another. And the enemy is, we gain his attention when we're in our prayer closet. And the Lord reveals something to us in our life that is sinful or could lead to sin. But man, when we go to one another and we expose this sin and we speak it and the prince of the air hears it, now he's really concerned because we got somebody who's praying for us and we got someone that's going to keep a watch for us. And the scripture says in Ezekiel, watch and pray. And this is what the other brothers and sisters are doing for us. Today as we come in here together as saints, hallelujah, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we want to be in prayer not for the world and all the things of it, but we want to be in prayer for the people that are in this world that need salvation. The ark of Christ. The ark of God. Hallelujah. We pray, Lord, that this morning, hallelujah, that we want to go before the Lord in prayer as we pray. I do want to bring up, though, before we go into prayer, uh, we do have a box that is out front of our foyer where our ladies who take attendance. What we're doing is we're collecting and we're going to close this box up next Sunday, all right, because we want to ship these things, but we have a couple of our troops who are forward deployed. There's a show of force over in some areas over in Europe and um, sometimes over in Southeast Asia, uh, Southwest Asia. We want to make sure that we um, get some items to send for them, send to them. These items are big enough just to fit the shoebox, all right? And um, we don't want to bring any cash or anything, but they can take little debit cards, things like that, and they got their A fees. But we definitely have on this list perish, uh, non-perishable food items, hygiene items, entertainment, um, um, scriptural tracts. And also what we want to do is hopefully, I pray the uh, pastor allows us to write some little notes and thank you cards and all of that. But if you want to do something yourself, write a little letter or something like that, do that, all right? All right, well, praise the Lord. Let us go before the Lord in prayer to open up this service. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we are thankful, Lord, that you have given us, Lord, the time, the means, Lord, to make our way, Lord, to the house of God, with the people of God, to hear the word of God, from the man of God. Hallelujah. We pray, Lord, for this gathering, Lord, this holy convocation, Lord, Jesus, that you will pour out your spirit, Lord Jesus, that there be a deluge, Lord Jesus.
we just lift up our hands, lift up our voices, give God some praise in this place. Let's worship. subjection 
lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I want to talk this morning for a few minutes. Living life, not being a castaway. Living life, not being a castaway. Would you lead us in prayer this morning? Lord Jesus, your word is living. Your word is powerful, Lord God. Able to know what's on our minds before we think it. Oh God, refresh us today in your word. Renew us. Revive us, oh Lord God. Lord, open the ears of this church for us to hear your word. Oh God, and let us apply it in our lives, oh Lord Jesus. Oh God, allow this living word to be anointed as it comes off the lips of the preacher. Oh Jesus, give him the words to say for what we need in this very moment. Oh God, we praise you, we lift you up, we magnify you in this house. In Jesus' name we pray, we magnify you. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. After that, you can be singing in Jesus' name. Praise God. I feel there's a breakthrough in this place. I believe we had a breakthrough in our 930 service this morning. The presence of God was there. And I believe the presence of God is so strong in this place right now. I believe God is wanting to transform and renew minds and hearts in this place. I believe He's wanting to get a hold of our hearts in a deep, powerful way. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. The Apostle Paul is talking about... He was in a race, and he's describing it as a race. And I, I got in this race that I'm in to win this race that I'm in. I have run the course that I have ran so far to ultimately receive a prize. My prize may not be what the world deems as a prize, but my prize is eternal. My prize is... It's better than silver and gold because silver and gold will perish one day. But this prize, this incorruptible crown that the apostle speaks about is what I'm running for. Oh, hallelujah. I, I, I'm actually not just running for a prize. I'm not just running to run around the track. I'm not just running to finish some small race. But I am running for an eternal prize. Is anybody running with me this morning? I am running for a prize that is reserved in the heavenlies. I am, I am searching for something that I can't obtain in this world. It's obtainable in the other world. I haven't won it yet. I've won things. I've won a lot of things. And I've lost a lot of things. Pastor Parks told us earlier in the early service, he loads us daily with benefits. Living this life of God has plenty of benefits. But the grand prize you're not going to get on this side. Hallelujah. The grand prize you haven't won yet, I haven't won yet, but we are on our way. We are running our race. Somebody say, I'm running my race. I am working toward my prize. Hallelujah. I am walking through the open door I am straining. I am pressing to reach my prize. 
walking through every open door that God puts in front of me. I'm pressing toward that mark that God has set before me. And it may not be the same mark as your mark, but God has set a mark for each and every one of us to strive for and to reach for. And the apostle goes on, he says, I run to obtain. He's not running. He says, I'm not beating the air. We're not just beating the air living this life we live. We're not just going through the motions. We're not just getting by, but we are running with certainty. We are running with certainty. We're not just beating the air, but we're, and we're not just running to run, but I'm running a race for a reason, for a purpose. I'm on a path to somewhere, not a path like much of the world to nowhere. I, it's not a track that I just keep going around in circles and, and hopefully I outrun everybody. I'm not trying to outrun everybody. I'm working, I'm running, that I may obtain the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Is anybody else running this race with me this morning? Oh, hallelujah. I said, is anybody running this race with me? Are you running to win the prize? Are, are you running? If you lost, shout yes. If you're running this race, why don't you cry out, hallelujah. We're in this thing to win this thing. You ought to stand up and just give me praise. In this thing to win this thing. Preaching today about living a life not being a castaway. You are a child of the Most High God. You are, let me say that again, you are a child of the Most High God. You are victorious. No matter how you walked in here this morning, you are victorious. No matter how defeated you felt when you came in. No matter how defeated you felt the last week or the last month. It doesn't matter. I'm here to tell you and proclaim you are victorious. So run that you may obtain no matter how you might this race is a castaway. Don't let the enemy convince you that you are just a castaway. You are not. What is a castaway? Because Paul said the one thing I don't want to be is after I preach to others, I don't want to be a castaway myself. I don't want to come to church every Sunday and live for God and, and put my body under subjection and, and live a faithful life. I, I don't want to do all that and find myself after I preach to others. I don't want to find myself a castaway. Castaway is generally refers to it's a nautical term for a maritime disaster, referring to somebody that's shipwrecked, stranded in an isolated place, especially on an uninhabited island. And the term comes from being cast away from normal civilization and normal life, and it's often due to a disaster. And the Apostle Paul uses the term metaphorically here. And he says, but I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection. What does that word subjection mean in your life? I put my body, I bring it under subjection. Lest by any means when I have preached to others. Here's the Apostle Paul saying, I myself could still be a castaway. I don't want to be a castaway. How about you? I made my mind up. I'm running this race. I want to be victorious. I'm pressing toward the mark. Oh, I've got plans. I can't wait till I get there one day when the Lord deems 
and bring it into subjection, the idea of self-discipline and self-control in this spiritual life. How many would say you're really good at that? Nobody's raising their hand. But, but he says that's what I got to do. I got to bring it into subjection. And he's, he's saying this idea of self-discipline and self-control in his spiritual life. And then he uses the term castaway, meaning I could still be rejected. I, 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 I could find myself deemed unworthy if I don't keep my body under subjection. If I don't do this. It's a metaphor for failing to live up to the standards that he preached and discarding that life in a moral sense. If we fail to live by faith, I asked last Sunday, and then I asked again on Tuesday night, and I'm going to ask again because I want this to root down in your spirit. And, and what I want to ask again is, if we fail to live by faith, what was your greatest enemy? Don't give me the answer yet. Don't give me the answer yet. What is your greatest enemy? Because... In life, we've got a lot of enemies. It seems like. You, you have somebody that's been abrasive to you. You have somebody that you work with that you really, if you were being truthful, you really don't like them. I mean, you're not supposed to say that as a Christian, but you know. Throw me out there. Let's be honest. And, and they rub you the wrong way. You might have got anybody that rubs them the wrong way. You know, let me, let me see. They, they, they stir you up. They make you angry. When you go home, they're the... service has opened to me. They're a great and promising one, and there are many adversaries. So the Apostle Paul is saying there is an open door in front of you, and God has a prize for each and every one of you. And there is a perfect plan for each one of us in this place that God is drawing us to to live. But that at this doorway, this path that God is wanting you to cross through at this doorway there are many adversaries but can I say sometimes who we think is our adversary is actually our friend and who we think is our friend might actually be our adversary can I get an amen on that what are you saying pastor well who is the biggest adversary I know you, some of you might know the answer, and 
Who is the greatest giant that you have to overcome? And his name is not Goliath. And that wasn't David's biggest giant either. Goliath never was the biggest giant he had to slay. Amen. The devil isn't going to make you do anything. Let me say that again. The devil isn't going to make you do anything. You have the power of choice to do whatever you decide to do. So no individual out there and no one else is your greatest adversary. Can I tell you, your biggest giant, your greatest adversary. How about this? Instead of me saying you, my biggest adversary, his name is Tommy. It's not Goliath. It's not Satan. It's Tommy. Because I'm the one that can get my way the quickest. I'm the one that can keep myself from walking through the open doors that God has for my life. My largest obstacle is me. Oh, hallelujah. Can somebody say amen? If you agree with me. Galatians 5, 24. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh. Could I insert this word here? They that are Christ have crucified self. They have crucified their self. And then he goes on and he says, with the affections and lust. Affections and lust. Affections, I would think, would be more of an emotional drawing. And lust would be more of a sinful, attractive type drawing to something. But here he says, I have to crucify myself and the affections and the lusts that myself has. That means, that, that means this, that, that what I'm craving is not necessarily what I need, but also perhaps even emotionally what I think I might need may not be exactly what I need. Can I get an amen? Oh, hallelujah. Affections and lusts have to be crucified. How I feel about something may not be how God feels about something. I might have my flesh and it's living in this wonderful out of control life that it thinks it wants to live. And it will fool me. It will trick me. I think I'm spiritual and if I am just giving in to my humanity all the time, I am not. It says if we, right after crucifying the lust and affections, it says if we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. In other words, if you are going to talk the talk, you better start walking the walk. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. What was he saying? These affections and these lusts have to be crucified. They have to be crucified. They, they, uh, the, the verse goes on and states, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And can I tell you, that's something I believe that we are all still working on, is crucifying those affections and lusts. Nobody raised their hand and said, you got them all conquered. So guess what? We still got to conquer those things. We still got to go after those things. Why? Because we're running a race. Because we're going to win a prize. Because we're striving for what God has for us. constant awareness of self. One, one writer said, crucifying the flesh with its affections and lust, therefore implies a deliberate turning away from these earthly, 
fleshly desires and choosing instead to live according to the guidance of the Holy Ghost. This involves cultivating qualities like love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which are listed as the fruits of the Spirit in the same chapter. And he went on to say, he said, sometimes these range of behaviors, affections, and lusts, and desires are self-centered in us or harmful to others and which are in opposition to the life and spirit. In other words, as a child of God, as living this life of faith, and as I'm walking for Him, I've got to be like Him. In order to be like Him, that means I've got to be less like me. I, I, I must decrease so that He increases in my life. I've got to crucify myself. I've got to crucify my flesh. I, I've got to put my humanity under control. i got to work on myself. Because my, we can get real selfish. We can get real selfish. We can get real selfish. Hallelujah. And i got to work on me. Because if my flesh is out of control, I, am I too into me? Let me ask, ask you that question. You ask yourself, I'll ask me that question. You ask you, am I too into me? Am I too into me? I'm asking me. You ask you. Am I too into me? Am I, am I, am I thinking what I'm saying is good all the time? And, and, and I, you know, am I too into myself that we don't like self-abasement? We don't like to control our flesh and our humanity. We don't like to tame our tongue. We don't like to not say what we want to say when we want to say it. Can I get an amen? I'll just tell you how it is because that's how I am. Can I get, I didn't get an amen on me. I've got to make sure that I am building others up, not tearing others down. I was in construction. We redid houses and then we built houses. And it was a lot easier to build a house than it was to rebuild a house. But the easiest thing of all of it was to pull some dumpsters from CPM up to the job site and get about five people going and we could demolish destruct that house in just a few hours time but it'd take a lot longer to rebuild it when we were doing that than it did to tear it down what are you saying our words should be words that build people up not tear people down brother buddy stand up for me he walked in i told him i said what did i tell you this morning that's a nice suit you're looking good isn't that a nice suit, y'all? You go ahead and sit down. Brother Park, stand up. I was like, I like that suit. Looking good. He's color coordinated. Look at that. He matches. Look, looks sharp. What, what am I doing? I'm building him up. Building them up. Because Did anybody tell you you look nice today? Don't be mad if they didn't. Don't go, nobody told me that. Anybody tell you you look nice today? Go ahead. Sister Joy. All right, pray. Elizabeth, somebody told you you look nice. That's the kind of words that build people up. That strengthen people. 
We need to make sure we build people up, not tear people down. Because it's a lot easier, it's a lot easier to go home and criticize the people that sanded us the wrong way. It's a lot easier to go home and talk about how bad of a job our co-worker did. Or how somebody at our school got on our nerves and what they did and how ridiculous they were and all of them, man, anybody, I asked you how many built somebody up, anybody torn somebody down this week? You don't have to say, yeah, yes, we already know. Because you got flesh, because you got humanity, and because we live in this humanity and it can either be destructive or constructive. And we're not here because we're all great and wonderful and awesome, but we're here to learn how to run this race and how to run it more effectively. And we're here to learn how to obtain the prize. And I believe there's some people here that want to obtain the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I believe you're here because you want to live for Him and you want to see Him and you want to run the race that's set before you and you want to go through the open doors that He's opened up for you in spite of the adversaries and even if that adversary trying to be somebody or am I trying to serve somebody? Am I trying to be somebody or am I trying to serve somebody? Matthew 23, 11 says, He that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself You ever know anybody that exalted himself? Got in a conversation with them for just a few minutes and you could tell they liked them. <laughs> Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And who, he that humble himself shall be exalted. And I've always taught this. If God has grace and mercy and loves us and he does, then when we are exalting ourselves, in due time, he will abase us. But here it talks about humbling yourself because it's a lot easier for me to humble myself than it is for me to just let God do it for me. Because when God humbles you, you know you were just humbled. I said when God humbles you, you know you were just humbled. We need to, it's not God's job to humble us. It's our job to humble ourselves. Amen? It's our job to humble ourselves. Praise God. I'm running a race. Are you running a race today? I'm running a race. I'm here to obtain a prize. I'm reaching for the mark of the high calling. I, I'm striving for an incorruptible crown. That, oh, that's beyond the heavenlies that I'll see on the other side of glory. But for me to obtain this crown, I've got to keep running this race and yearning for my prize and I've got to humble myself. I need humility. I don't want to be a castaway. How many don't want to be a castaway? I don't want to be a castaway. Just like Paul, I don't want to preach to others and find myself a castaway. So I have to live a life of sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Not however you want to, a sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This isn't even like 
way out there. This is just your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I don't, I, I, I need to be transformed. I need to be transformed in my life. I need, I need to be conformed to the image of God. Am I a living sacrifice is the question I have to ask myself. Or am I serving self-desires and self-ambitions? I need humility. I need humility. I don't need for somebody to have to humble me. I need to learn to humble myself. I need to learn to listen to my conversations and say, you know what, that wasn't right. And repent of it. And change my ways. That's how you humble yourself. To humble yourself, you have to be willing to listen to yourself. What did you just say? What conversation did you just have? Did you just say what you wanted to say? Or did you say what the Holy Spirit was opening your mouth to say? When you're listening to somebody, are you listening to hear them? Or are you listening to tell them something? Did you just hear what you wanted to hear? Were, were you listening to hear them? I, I, I want to listen to hear them, not listen to know what I'm going to say. Because what I'm going to say doesn't matter. What they're saying is what matters. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pride, six, six, Proverbs 16. Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a castaway. A haughty spirit before a castaway. A haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than divide the spoil with the proud. Luke 14, 11, Jesus told us something we need to do. Whosoever exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So, if I humble myself, if I think less of myself, if I get rid of my selfish desires, my self-thoughts, if, 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 you see, myself thinks I deserve it. How many, how many times in the last few months have you said, well, I deserve this? Anybody, anybody, I've said it. Anybody said I deserve this or I don't deserve something? Have anybody said you don't? And we've got our own self mind made up. And, and so with, with that, i got to make sure that I, I am making sure that I am humbling myself. Self thought gets tired of waiting. You waiting on something from God? How long have you been waiting on it? Are you getting tired of waiting? That's self. That's self that's getting tired of waiting. Self is impatient. Self doesn't want to wait on the things of God. Self likes to build me up. Often at the cost of tearing someone else down. That's what self likes to do. That's what self wants to do. 1 Peter 5, 5-7. Likewise, you younger. This is something we don't, we don't like. And some we... As a child, we should learn. As a young adult, we should learn. And then as an older man, we should still learn it. Likewise, ye younger, submit. How many like that word? How many when you got married and that, the preacher said that word, you were like, Lord, 
Look at yourself and figure out what you need to do better and move on. No, you don't have Spurgeon's uh, theologian from long ago said, You will never glory in God till, first of all, God has killed your glorying in yourself. I got to crucify me. And, and when people start pointing my, their finger at me, they're not pointing their finger at me. If I keep myself meek and humble, they're pointing their finger at my God. I want to learn to live life not be cast away. Amen. Philippians 2, 3, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem the other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. When Jesus came, he took on no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, it says he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He became obedient to his mission. Have you become obedient to the mission that God has called you to? Have you become, have you forced yourself to surrender everything to the calling and the prize and the mission and the open door that God has for your life? In agony, Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done. Have you prayed, not my will, but thine be done? Matthew 16 and 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, if anybody really wants to follow Jesus, here you go. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. What is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I don't want to be cast away. I have no intentions, no plans. I don't want to be a cast away. But you know, I can let my flesh stay out of control. And I will be. So I have to take myself and crucify myself and abase myself. I have to be willing to serve, not be served. I have to be willing to abase myself and humble myself because if I humble myself, then He will exalt me in due season and in due time. And that's how I have to live my life. And when myself, if you don't put controls on your humanity, your humanity will control you. If you don't put some controls on your flesh, your flesh will control you. I've got, I'm in this thing to win this thing. I'm here to run my race. I'm here to overcome and win. I believe you are too. Is there anybody else with me? I'm here to run my race. I came today because I'm reaching for my prize. 
If my flesh is crucified, I'll be like a duck. But if my flesh is in charge, I'll be out the door. Not stay. I won't even say anything. I got I've got to stay. I gotta stay at an altar. I used to say it like this. I called myself Bubba. And I take Bubba by the nap of the neck up to the altar every Sunday and every Tuesday. I, I don't think there's a, a Sunday or Tuesday goes by. I don't pray in the altar. It's, just, it's something I've always done. And it, it's something that uh, is how I keep myself crucified. It's how I keep myself a base. I just drag myself up here even if I got pride going on and, and the Holy Spirit and all this other, and I think I'm somebody, and I'm, the things, you know, all, all I, I did good this week, or I got some kind of award, and I just want to, you know, no, I'm taking myself right up here by the nap of the neck, I'm putting him in the altar, and I'm saying, you repent, you get yourself right, you get your attitude right, you, you become, you humble yourself, humble yourself, humble yourself. So I stay. I pray and I stay. And the next thing I do is I have to fast. I didn't give any hand gloves. <laughs> Most exciting thing to do for the Lord. Fast. When you're going into a fast, you don't feel that way. When you're in the middle of a fast, You've touched God, and the windows of heaven are opened up, and God's speaking to you, and God's ministering to you. Then you're like, I think I'm going to fast for 40 more days. That lasts about 30 more days. We're going to have a church fast at the beginning of the year. I hope everybody gets on board because it's not really about the church. It's really about ourselves and getting ourselves aligned with God's will and God's plan. The scripture says, These kind goeth not but by prayer and fasting, referring Jesus was to casting the devil out. And But can I tell you, there's sometimes that there's some of me that only goes out with prayer and fasting some of my humanity that only leaves when I push my plate away for a few days or a few weeks. Hallelujah. Now can I get a shout about fasting? And then last, one of the ways I keep myself humble is I serve. I serve. If something needs to be swept, I don't look for somebody to go sweep it up. I grab a broom and something, and I get it up. If the dishwasher's full, guess what? I empty it, and I load it back. Or some of you use a sink. If I load the dishwasher, I'm putting it in the dishwasher. But, but I will wash it. When you're at your family's on Christmas and you're sitting there and your aunt is serving this wonderful meal and you're sitting there letting her serve it by herself, 
That's not certain. You ought to ask, what can I do? How can I help? That, that ought to be you. How can I help? You ought to be, Mom, what can I do? Dad, what can I do to help? Isn't that right? That's how you serve. Don't sit there on your recliner with your feet propped up, waiting for the plate. And they're in there cooking and been cooking for hours. And now they're washing the dishes that they could. Well, at least get up and go help them wash the dishes. You want to know something that will help make you humble? It's when you serve others. It will keep you meek, and meekness is not weakness. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about how to win this race. I'm talking about how to win the prize this morning. I'm talking about how you can overcome and be victorious. I'm talking about living a life full of the Holy Ghost and continuing in it and staying where you need to stay so that you are never a away. You got to keep self right. I want to keep myself right. Would you stand with me this morning? If there's anybody here that you want to pray, this altar is open right now. If there's anybody here that you've got some flesh that you've noticed has been a little out of control lately, here's a place to crucify it. Right up here at an altar. You ought to pray and you ought to stay. This altar is open for those that want to come and say, Lord, give me a vision. Not of just the heavenly, but of last week. And show me my errors. So when I walk out of here, I don't fall in the same holes and the same ruts again. Show me, God. Is there anybody willing to pray that this morning? Show me my mistakes. Show me my humanity that gets out of control sometimes. I want to get it in control. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, God, in your presence. I don't want to be a castaway. I don't want to be a castaway. Hallelujah. She's going to sing. This altar is open. If there's anybody that wants to get rid of a little self before you leave, would you come? Would you come? If you're good, don't have any self to deal with, none of that, you're good. You can be dismissed. But if you've got some humanity to deal with, some attitude to work on, some personal things, some selfie natures, some selfishisms would you come here i am lord here i am god god use me make me a servant make me a servant i want to serve god i want to serve
opportunity to be here and witness that baptism. We're at the point where we're about to dismiss the service, but before we do, we want to uh, continue with that baptism. Those that are praying, continue to pray as we await uh, preparation for a baptism. As it relates to the announcements, we do want to remind you out front. That box will be there until next Sunday the 10th. Please take a look inside the uh, program inside. There's a, a printout. If you can, return those items prior to next Sunday. Prior to next Sunday. We definitely want to support our family members that are deployed, our, our service members. Please assist us with that. Praise the Lord, Church. Today we have Miss London Michelle Hart. This is my home.
what time it is. And, and they want to give their life to God. And this time we want to baptize them.